りつける重たいさダメの石にまるで押しつぶされてどこにも逃げられないひたすらあがきながらだけど諦めないがれはい。That is, that is accurate. I am、um, your host, Dustin, and with me today is Luke. Yep. Ty. Hey. And Ben. What's up? If、uh, Luke sounds a little out of it,、uh, <laughs> it's because he's been up for how long? I mean,、been? it was not all consecutive, but like, what, what was it? We did our Extra Life stream this weekend. I started it at like six <clears throat> o'clock Friday. Uh, hung around until like the following morning at like eight o'clock. Went to sleep, got back up at two, and then was on until eight o'clock again. Yeah, so uh yeah so that's why he's not quite as energetic as you may be. Listen, used I, just, to,、so. I just need the, jo- the JoJo's will fill me up. That reminds, <laughs> me of, that reminds me of、uh, that reminds me of my of last year's extra life. I was.、Uh... Oh. I did, that, I did that same deal where I was like. I, I went and. Yeah, I, I went and basically gamed for 24 hours straight. Yeah. The last time I was up for、uh, like basically 24 hours was actually when I had rented. I think my friend had brought over the first Nier, not Automata, but like the first one. Right. And I played it on. My couch for my best friend in my room and my you know, roommate, like in one sitting. We just finished all the endings in one sitting because <laughs> I'm insane. Yeah, that seems like a lot.、Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, let's let's let JoJo fill Luke up here and、yeah. start with episode three of Golden Wind, uh, where we meet the gangster behind the wall. Yeah, um. I really like the parallels in episode three to the first arc of JoJo's Phantom Blood、uh, because Bucaretti in, in this scene joins Giorno for very similar reasons as Speedwagon initially joined Jonathan. A bit, yeah. Where Speedwagon's all、oh, like,、yeah. Speedwagon's all like, this dude sacrificed his own body. Because he's that much of a gentleman. I have to.、Right. I love this man. <laughs> And Vukarati's also, also like, this man is so amb- ambitious and good. 
I yeah, have to join yeah. him. Oh my gosh, he, uh, he ripped his own arm off. Dang. Yeah, I I gotta join up with a dude who's willing to r- rip his own arm off. Bucciarati went from being ready to murder him to being his best friend in the world in the span of about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, again, much like Speedwagon, whose very first interaction with Jonathan yeah. was throwing his guillotine hat at him. I mean, to be fair, that happens with a lot of JoJo characters, like Okuyasu, uh basically every True. minor character in Diamond is Unbreakable. Uh-huh. Just like, I've got to stand. I'm going to murder people. Oh, you kicked the shit out of me? I love you now. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. With the, with the notable accession of Rohan, who still fucking hates this kid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rohan's just permanently antisocial. Yes. Um, but yeah, so Bukarati, you know, after joining Jorno, is like, all right, so if we're going to make this plan succeed, we also have to trick my boss. Yeah. So you're going to have to meet my boss now. Good luck. And yeah, he takes, uh, him, takes him off to the prison because his boss could get out of jail effortlessly, but he prefers it in there because it's safe. This, this stand user is... Maybe one of the most just visually unsettling people, unsettling people in this entire series so far. I mean, you know, some people got bed bods. I don't know what you want. It's it's very upsetting. Like, He's so for bed context, bed yeah. So for context, go ahead, Ty. Sorry. No, it was just like there's a part of me like, okay, so we're gonna figure out like. The stand has something to do with him shifting into this bed, right? And then at the end of these group of episodes, you're like, no, that's I guess that's just a thing with him. That's just a thing he can do. Same as okay. like how he can bite his own finger off and make it look like he didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is that is the real weird thing about uh, this guy whose name is Pulpo. God Polpo. Who even the name is just yeah. not is he not is like good. fifteen feet tall. He does not have enough room to stand up in his cell, um, and he is a very fat guy. Yeah, he is like wildly yeah. obese, um, and uh, he's got like a big old Pinocchio nose. It's it's very weird. Yeah, and he could just like make himself look like a bed, and that's never explained because as we right. learn in. Because as we learn in episode four, that is not his stand power. <laughs> no, not even slightly. No, like, yeah, Jorno walks in and there's no one in the cell. There's just a nice fancy bed. And then the bed granted, sits a very, up. Granted, a bed with very weird looking sheets, but... <laughs> yeah. And then the bed sits up and it's Pulpo. Yeah. You know, it's, it's on the like same a... level of how Jorno can stuff his ear into his head. Yeah. Also, Pulpo has like a head cap on that makes him look like Pinhead. Yeah, a little bit. Um, also, I just noticed he has, like, pins, badges on him that say P-O-L. They rented a room for the P-O at the end. Which is amazing, because, like, he's got a lot of room on him. Um, so, yeah. So, oh, God, that's another, like, really upsetting part, is where, so Bobo's talking to Jorno, and they're just... They're just sort of chatting. And Pulpo's, you know, just casually eating some food. Right. And, like, as he's eating crackers, he starts 
chewing and biting off his own fingers. Right. And I hate it. And Jorno's shocked, but then he looks again and his hand is fine. He's like, did I just imagine that he ate his own fingers? Yeah. yeah. And at first, like, you you think, like, maybe that's his stand power. Maybe he has some, like, illusion powers or uh-huh. something. Sure. But again, like, no, that never, illusions never come up again. Ever. No, it's just a trick he's got. It's just a talent. <laughs> Everybody in Judges got one, I guess. Yeah. It's like my cigarette trick. Right. I like how Giorno again brings up the fact that he can stuff his ear inside his like ear canal, you know, just as a thing he can do. Right, yeah, Popo asks him like, "Okay, what kind of talents do you have, you know, for being in my gang?" And Giorno uh, first shows off that he stole the prison guard's wallet when she frisked him, and then also shows that he can put his ear inside of his head. Yeah. We said yeah, Popo's I... cell is like super like fancily decorated. He's got like hidden walls with all sorts of like guns yeah, he, and TVs. He has and... a mini fridge. Yeah, he's got a mini fridge just that's fully stocked. He pours himself a glass of wine. <clears throat> oh no. As I was skimming through this episode, I got to the finger eating part again and I physically recoiled even though I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, it's unpleasant. Um but uh Pulpo explains to Jorna that the most important thing for a gang guy to have is trust. And that's why we're there gonna do a trust exercise. It's like I don't I don't know I don't know much about gangs, to be fair. Yeah. But I feel like trust is not one of the defining features of a gang. Well, I mean I feel like that's kind of an important one. Uh uh maybe, like theoretically. I feel like there's plenty of backstabbing in the mob though and this is very much based off of the mob right right but like they don't like that there's a lot of backstabbing (laughs) it's one of those things like you don't snitch or we kill you ideally you don't do that then they uh, it happens anyway but like it makes sense when you're hiring people you don't hire backstabbers (laughs) true also uh, yeah trust is more like a balance of terror (laughs) as in Okay, if you snitch, we kill you. Yeah, yeah. Trust. <laughs> yeah, you know, trust trust that you won't want to get yourself killed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Pulpo, uh, again, sort of continuing with the uh, Phantom Blood parallels, uh, Pulpo gives Jorno a task. Um, though instead of you know, not spilling a single drop of wine while fighting a weird vampire right. who's trying to slice you in half. Um, Giorno is given the task of keeping a lighter flame lit for 24 hours. Right, tells him, hey, here you go. I, I've, I've lit this lighter. Take it. Bring it back to me. Still lit tomorrow. It's got plenty of fuel in it. This is, like, not a hard thing. It's just to mm-hmm. see how, like, dedicated you are to doing a job. If you just stay up all night and watch it and make sure nothing happens, there won't be any problems. Yeah. Unfortunately, Giorno kind of forgets that... Somehow forgets that the guards told him not to... Well, I guess he doesn't really forget it, because... So the guards right, tell he assumed him, like, that not Popo to would have give... arranged to let him take this out with him, because... Yeah. You know, that's... Which, like, the... I don't... Yeah. I'm not sure why you would assume that. <laughs> Right, it, it, uh-huh. it, 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 he, may, he realizes that the test has already started. He's got to somehow smuggle this lit lighter 
out of the guards area. Yeah, because the guards like basically tell him before he goes in, like, do not give anything to Pulpo and do not take anything from Pulpo. Right. Uh, or your ass is grass. They don't say that part, but it's implied. Yeah. Um, so, Jorno, who has magical sand powers, his first idea is to just close his fist around the flame right that is visibly burning his thumb yes the tough guy solution that's a very jotaro solution to this yeah but then the yeah. guards immediately are like hey open your fist dummy <laughs> yeah it's yeah like he expects the female guard to just be an idiot i guess i and guess she's not <laughs> Uh, I even like how how she kind of like messes with him, where she's like, "All right, you're free to go, but first, open your hand." Like yeah. obviously, come on, man. <laughs> right. And it's now where Jordo's like, "Oh yeah, I have magical powers." Right. And turns the and turns the lighter into a beautiful flower. Yes. And she's like, "All right, well, that's against the rules, but I mean, it's a flower. Sure, it's fine. Get out of here." Yeah. Less strict than the TSA, thankfully. I want to know how anyone else solves this fucking riddle. Yes, this is my. This is where I immediately start going fucking electricity brain. I'm like, oh, so the thing is, they make this. They give them an impossible task, and then the, the thing is, they got to come back and be like, yeah, I fucked up. <laughs> like right. that's well, the, like the real actually, task. Actually, next episode answers that answers that question quite well. I think. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah a, a lot of people probably just let it get put out so that they can smuggle it out and then relight it and get bow and arrowed. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pulpo's intent is probably to that people get bow and arrowed. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think he explicitly says that. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> a galaxy brain, I'll just make it into a flower, which thankfully his, his power allows him to turn things into flowers. And also it still has the flame when it comes back. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> Yeah, you see, which, like, the, just a flame coming out of the flower. Yeah, which, I mean, yeah, sure, why not? It's magic. Sure. <laughs> he all, he then almost immediately screws up by breathing a sigh of relief directly into the flame as after he gets back yeah. home. Right. And then this just turns into, like, the dumbest comedy where, like, he walks past a group of kids making a human pyramid. They're like, Jorno, quick, take our picture for us. And he's just like, no. And they're all just astounded that he wouldn't help them. Yeah, and I immediately think, is this a normal thing that Jorno does for people? <laughs> it's so funny. Do they often build, turn themselves into a human period pyramid for Jorno to take pictures of? Is that like yeah. something they expect to happen? <laughs> all the time, the kindly... every day. And then the kindly janitor is like, hey, can you help me with, I, I can't remember what he asked him, but he says no. And then the kindly janitor is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Giorno said no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Giorno then feels, you know, th this idea is actually fairly good. So he takes a piece of bread. He just has some baguettes lying around. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, sure, why not? Uh, it's Italy. Yeah. So you gotta have um, nice bread and wine everywhere. Yeah, you know, everybody's got baguettes just, just yeah. you know, hidden away in case of emergency. Um, 
So he just bites a piece out of the ba- baguette to create essentially a bread bowl to put the lighter yes. in. And then guards it with a bunch of like random shit he's got lying around his desk. Right. And I was like, ah, now all I need to do is just sit and watch this and everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is also happens to be when Koichi suddenly becomes relevant again. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, I guess this is like a dorm for like a boarding school or something? Yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Koichi decides to take this opportunity <clears throat> to break into Giorno's room. Luckily, Giorno has a mirror up on the threshold, I guess for this explicit situation. <laughs> Yeah, does this happen to him often? Uh, also, Koichi, why did you not check beforehand to make sure no one was inside? <laughs> like, you literally have a stand that can fly outside and look inside a window. Like, just just do a little bit of reconnaissance first. Well, Jorno's a stand user. He'd be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, Even still, there's got to be a better that way than just being like, all right, time to open this door and just... Did he not I knock get... first? I thought he knocked and then opened it when no one answered. Oh, did he? I, I thought, I, Yeah, I don't remember. I and I've got it muted right now. But either way. But anyway, like, okay, so here's... So Giorno doesn't want to be seen by Koichi, so he goes outside his window and, like, hangs onto a light pole. And this is where things get... This is where I have the first question about Gold Experience. So, um, Koichi's about to, like, stumble across the lighter, and, you know, Jorno doesn't want him to accidentally, you know, blow it out. Uh, so, his idea is to turn his, like, electrical cable that's hooked up to his lamp into a snake. Yes. Which, like, okay, I mean, that, that makes sense. Snakes can reach. Um, but he, but he, (laughs) but he then... But he then acts like he can't, like, directly control the snake. No, he can't. Because, okay, so then why does, why does he say that bread is pretty delicious in reference to the snake biting the bread? Because he's saying that this plan only works because that bread is tasty and the snake is going to instinctively bite the bread. But snakes don't eat bread. <laughs> well, he got one of the rare bread snakes. That snake was born, and it was like, let's get this bread, and just dives down and grabs it. Like, that's my inherent question, is like, if if he's directly controlling the stand when it's in animal form, which it seems like he can, then why would he say that bread is pretty delicious, as if he is somehow justifying why the snake would bite the bread? No, that's what he's doing. Yeah, he's saying snakes love bread, so this snake's gonna chomp that bread. No, they don't, though. Are you a herpetologist? I mean, no, but I'm... Alright, then, I guess I shut mean, the hell up. I don't think Iraqi is either, though. How many snakes and how many breads do you know? Well, okay, the thing is, though, is that uh, the Giorno can control which species of snake it turn- it becomes. Yeah, the rare bread eating snake, you know? Yeah. I, okay, I, I need to Google snake that eats bread. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, well, according to answers.yahoo.com, snakes will have no interest in bread. <laughs> okay, okay, sweet. Yahoo answers, is it possible for a snake to eat bread? Yes. Some guy told me snakes can eat bread. Is that true? And that guy was Hirohiko Arashi. That, yeah, that guy was Giorno. 
Yeah, but okay, now here's the thing though. We don't totally know how gold experience works. It can create any form of life. Is he able to genetically engineer a bread-loving snake? <laughs> I guess... You know... That's a good question. <laughs> can he only create life that already exists? Or can he, like... Right. He remix it. <laughs> oh, man. I... I don't know. That's... That's... That's a... That's a, que- that's a big question I was not expecting to have to think about today. <laughs> <laughs> See? See? JoJo is mind-expanding. Yeah. <laughs> I... Man... <laughs> I'm not sure I'm prepared for a universe where a JoJo's character can create can create brand new forms of life. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't. So moving on because I I'm I'm tripping too much at yeah. this point. Um, you know, actually, that brings up a good point. We talked about how like you know there's Phantom Blood parallels. Jorno's stand is almost literally just the power that Cars gets at the end of Battle Tendency. You know, yeah. Except he can turn true. anything into an animal instead of his body. Yeah, yeah, because Cars was able, like, to famously just make a squirrel out of his own hands. Right. But then that squirrel was evil because Cars is evil. Yeah. And this snake loves bread because Jordan loves bread. <laughs> I hate that that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Every animal he makes has a little bit of him. That's, I don't want to think about that. Uh, so then, like, then a thing happens to the snake, which I wasn't expecting, because the perspective's kind of weird. So, like, the way this is drawn, it looks like the snake is holding the bread in front of it. Like, it's curled up, but it's holding the bread in front of its body. But it turns out the lighter is actually... The anatomy on on this does not make any sense. Yeah, you know. He's he's burning himself. somehow, even though the snake's head is in front of what looks like to be in front of its own body right the lighter somehow burns the underside of the snakes I and mean, it could be like tilted backwards a little bit and toward, it's not clear maybe. from the drawing it's weird but like the fire burns the snake so the snake drops the bread <laughs> um in the most anguished expressive expression i have ever seen someone draw a snake <laughs> I mean, it um, makes with, sense like, to me because, like, you have to get pretty close to that to, like, pick up the bread with your... True. Like, if you had to, like, pick up a piece of bread with your with your mouth yeah. that had a lighter in it, I'm like, I'm going to burn myself. I am super yeah. going <laughs> to... Also, like, David Production really goes into detail on that snake's mouth. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was not expecting them to do that much detail for a second reaction shot of a snake looking very displeased. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the uh, thank- yeah. So Jorno turns the snake back. The bread lighter clatters to the ground, and then Koichi sees the lighter, and it sets something in a drawer on fire. Yeah, somehow the uh-huh. flame goes through a like metal or plastic drawer yeah. to start burning Koichi's passport. Yeah. So this flame is magic. It can just pass through solid objects. Everyone knows the Japanese passports are made on a very delicate paper with a burning point that's only a few degrees above room temperature. <laughs> you, got, you got to store them in very delicate condition. Right. You must keep your Japanese passport refrigerated. <laughs> it's a security measure. Yeah. And then Giorno takes 
takes the lighter while he's not looking, and, like, the stairwell in this dormitory looks like it's straight out of an SCP. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it just looks like an unending circular staircase. Right. It's weirdly dark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Jorno, like, walks back outside, and he's like, oh, thank goodness I've overcome this challenge. Nothing will stop me from achieving my dream of becoming the gang star. And then just a wave of water splashes over him. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the, it's the kindly janitor. Yeah. And once he finds out that he possibly ruined Jordo's lighter, he's very apologetic. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, he's a nice man. <laughs> yeah, and we all know what happens to nice, random nice people. <laughs> In JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Right. The janitor's like, uh, oh wait, no, actually, I, I think it's still fine. I can hear the gas coming out. I think the flame just went out. Here, let me let me flick the, the flint. And it lights back up. And Jordan was like, oh. oh okay, yeah. well, I guess so. That's fine then. Yeah, but then he's like, wait, hold on. If I can just light it back up, what's the point? There, yeah. has, there has to be something else, right? Uh, it right. can't just be that easy, right? And then he sees a weird priest man scuttle by him in the shadows. Yeah, it's like a jellyfish priest. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, this is the part where I was like, ah, so the, the tiny man, he's not, he's he's one of the he's in the gang and he's gonna snitch on him. And like, no, yeah. it's a weird shadow priest. Oh, cool. Right, yeah, you I forgot keep what show I'm going watching. places where like a normal story would go. <laughs> I forgot what show I was watching. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, and and because kindly people cannot be allowed to live, right? Um, the the jellyfish priest like grabs the kindly old man's soul out of his body, and then the stand arrow that we know from part four, four yeah. Which I did it show up briefly in part three? I can't remember. Not at all. No, it was a retcon okay. that it was like. Oh no! It was right, always around yeah. in part three. Here's Inyaba with two of them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, part part four retcon that Enya had the the bow and arrow the whole time. Yeah. Um. Uh. Also, but I I I'm always delighted every time I remember that Enya was a villain. In right. Just... Yeah. Yeah, Enyaba, um, old lady Enya. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, yeah, the the. Arrow comes out of the jellyfish priest's mouth like a xenomorph, you know, has a second mouth, and it just stabs the old man in the head. Yeah. Um, but instead of becoming a stand user, he just dies horribly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so then this, uh, this stand turns to Jorno uh, and says, like, hey, you also saw the lighter get relit. I'm going to test your soul. And grabs gold experience out of him. Yeah, that that makes me really wonder, like, how many accidental stand users there are in this city. Because, like, if it's both the person who relit the lighter and also everybody who sees them do it. Yeah. That's that's a lot of collateral, theoretically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, speaking of Enya, have you ever seen, like, the old OVA they did of Stardust Crusaders? I have not. I've... I should watch it, cause uh, just out of curiosity. It's it's worth checking out, but they made Enya hot in it, which is a mm. weird choice. Okay, <laughs> all right, that's a decision. This is what Enya looks like in the OVA. Oh boy, I, oh, 
Oh, wow. <laughs> like, not Dang. even slightly close. <laughs> That's very different. Yeah. Enya looks like a Gerudo. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, she just, what? like, yeah. Just sits around, like, over a tarot deck talking about how, ah, oh, but they'll never defeat Jay Guile, my son. <laughs> Look, she, she she has a really great exfoliating, yeah, like <laughs> cream. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so yeah, uh, episode episode four uh, is the big battle with. Oh, actually, you know, before cannot... episode four, I will be back in like two minutes. Yeah, sure. All okay. right. That's fine. That'll give me some time to look up what the fuck this stand's name is. <clears throat> oh, you don't remember? No, I do not. It's Black Sabbath, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, what they did, they it's in the, uh, the eye catch in the middle of the episode, uh, except that, uh, except that they, uh, <laughs> yeah, except that the subs translate it as Shadow Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Shadow Sabbath. Yeah, you know, the, the the popular, you know, Wiccan holiday, Shadow right. Sabbath. But that's the thing, is that Pulpo never said what his stand's name was. Yeah, okay, yeah, you just, I wonder, I wonder if it ever comes up, because the, the stands don't usually say their own, own names either, right? No. Yeah, so it's, it's only displayed during the eye catch. I wonder how. I wonder if that's the same thing for the manga. If the manga just like has a narrator saying it or something. Are we both gonna Google that like right now? <laughs> I feel this is an appropriately oh. metal stand for Black Sabbath. Yeah. Oh. Oh Jesus. So the trivia. I love the trivia section of the JoJo Wiki. So. Uh, they mentioned that in the song Black Sabbath, the starting lyrics go, What is this that stands before me? Figure in black which points at me. <clears throat> so, uh, good job, Araki, <laughs> for finding the literally perfect song reference. Jeff Kiss. <laughs> no, that's a different stand. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, yeah, so the fight with Black Sabbath is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, so I'm trying to remember, like, they, he pretty, Giorno pretty quickly figures out what, hi, we were just talking about, um, I'm gonna, I already mentioned it once, but I'm gonna mention it here to you, because I feel like you'd appreciate it. Okay. Uh, The trivia section of the JoJo wiki, um, when talking about Black Sabbath, the stand says... Yeah, uh, Dark song, Sabbath, I think you mean. Oh, uh, Shadow <laughs> Sabbath, I believe. Yeah, uh, whatever. In, in the song Black Sabbath, the starting lyrics go, What is this that stands before me? Figure in black which points at me. Great. So yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't just a random choice. Well, it probably was partially random, and he just... There's usually know. like a tiny little nugget of something that's like, Okay, I guess... <laughs> Yeah, so like Araki's like, I can make this work. Yeah. Just Google um, Black Sabbath by the way, lyrics. You... Sit... Uh, F stand. Oh, hey, here we go. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
by the way, uh, since you have read the manga, yeah, um, does does the manga ever explicitly say Black Sabbath's name like in the events of the narrative itself, or is it like the anime where you just know it because of like an eye catch sort of thing yeah they don't ever say black sabbath's name in the narrative in the manga like at the start of most of like chapters there will be like an info page on something if a new stand has showed up it'll be like the stat screen like what they have for the eye catches okay yeah so so same deal like you really only find out because of the stat screen yeah 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 there's a there's one of those in chapter seven that explains how like uh Hamon and stands are actually the same thing. I love it. Bullshit. I love it. <laughs> well, part seven introduces a new kind of like thing called the rotation technique or the spin. And it's saying how they're all like spin Hamon and stands are all just different manifestations of your spiritual power. Like based on what I know about spin, I can see the argument for that spin is a variation on Hamon, but there is no fucking way that stands are the same thing as Hamon. Like, <laughs> in fact, in, in Stardust Crusaders, there is an episode where Hamon explicitly does not work on stands. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think the argument is something like, like the quote is something like, you know, certain people with incredible willpower can develop their spirit into something that manifests in the real world. Sometimes it takes the form of sunlight energy. Sometimes it takes the form of a stand. And sometimes it takes the form of the rotation technique. Look, Araki, I love you, but also fuck you. Well, to be fair, that's a reboot universe. Maybe Hamon works different in that one. Maybe, but... No one uses Hamon in Steel Ball Run. It's hard to say. Bring back Hamon. Oh, man. Bring back the spin. <laughs> you just throw a metal ball at something and it does whatever the fuck you want it to. Bring back Zapelli. Um, read part seven. Part seven, one of the main characters is Gyro Zapelli. Oh, nice. Wait, hold on. Is, is, is part seven also where they introduce spin? Yeah. So it, where they introduce Spin, someone's first name is literally Gyro. Yeah, so yeah, part seven takes place around the same time as Phantom Blood, and the main characters are Johnny Joestar and Gyro Zapelli, who teaches him how to use the Spin technique. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. And then Johnny learns how to combine the Spin with his stand to become, like, the most powerful. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, episode four. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, he actually pretty quickly figures out, you know, how the stand, uh, how Black Sabbath functions. Um, yeah. In that it can only traverse shadows. Um, right. And so, of course, in case you forgot about Koichi, because Koichi is extremely forgettable. Um, how dare you? So <laughs> Why do you even think Koichi? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I love Koichi. He's great. Look, I love Koichi too, but also he is so lame. Well, yeah, but that's why he's great. I know. I love him because he's lame, but also why would you send Koichi on this important task? It feels like some shit's going down in Dragon Ball Z, and you're like, let's send Krillin. Krillin, you go, Tandalus. But you send Koichi because of all the people you have to send. Who's more reliable? Fucking Josuke? No. That's true. 
That's true. Okay, yeah, I would Josuke... not trust Jokes Josuke with an important job. Yeah, Josuke yeah, is definitely yeah, she's a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like he's he's reliable. Like he's a good boy, but he is a dumbass. He's a, well, he's also uh, a little bit of a scamp. Like he's gonna be like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm on my way to Italy. I stopped off in like you know <laughs> France. I just figured you know, I mean, I, you gave me a lot of money. I I think I I can afford a few more vacation stops. Yeah. The God like, damn it, no. Jotaro would be I, Jotaro would be ideal, but I guess he's busy like studying dolphins or some shit and raising um, his daughter. True. Oh yeah, raising ra- well, raising his two daughters. Wait, what? Both. Well, both. Right, because he's because he. Wait, was was he? Is he taking care of Invisible Baby, or was that uh, uh, Joseph? Oh, uh, you know, I mean, no, yeah, Joseph's taking care of him. Joseph canonically lives through the end of Part Six. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Joseph why, just never dies. Why would you let Joseph take care of a baby? I mean, he was doing okay with it by the end. I don't. Don't trust Joseph. Do you know what that baby's name is? Or what it Stan's name is? No. Octoon Baby. Oh, right. No, I remember now. Yes. Right before you said it, I was like, oh, no, I do remember. <laughs> anyway. So another thing about this stand is, uh, uh, what's his, Joe Giorno. Giorno. Tries to... Yeah, Giorno. Tries to fight it and realizes he is kind of outmatched. He like punches it yeah. and it like doesn't give a crap. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I like that. Like, like this... gold experience is canonically not a very strong stand. Yeah, I th- I think like the eventual explanation is that because uh, Koichi mentions that remote long distance stands like they operate under different rules than you know short distance stands and that you know they the stand user experiences like much less of physical feedback from what happens to the stand directly. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that goal experience doesn't work on the stand because you know, the, the perception thing is the big thing why that works. Right. Right. Uh, so yeah, if if you're that disconnected, then it's not going to really have much of an effect at all. There's a cool Uh, shot of him, like, punching Black Sabbath and, like, getting punched into the bucket, and then, like, the water just washes him away. It's neat looking. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then, then Koichi comes out, and Black Sabbath has, like, you know, gone into stealth mode at this point. So Koichi just, like, sees Giorno standing around, and then the dead body of the janitor... (laughs) Now, Gold Experience he, does get pierced by this arrow slightly in the neck, like, to the same level that the, the alien guy in 4 did. In about, like, five to six months, I'm gonna have a big complaint about this. Okay. But I don't want to spoil things. Alright. Uh, I'll just I'll just keep that in my back pocket and wonder what the hell you're talking about. I, mean, I, have yeah. an, I think I have an obvious <laughs> assumption there, but yeah, I, I will continue. I have an i I have an idea, but yeah. Um, so yeah, Koichi comes out. He gets the wrong impression and thinks Giorno just murdered a dude just randomly. Right. Uh, and he has to be like, "Hey, Koichi, get out of the shadow. Get out of that shadow." And Koichi just stands there like a dumbass. Yep. Uh, and Act Three gets caught. Yeah, and so but now then, now Giorno has to save Koichi. Right, and he turns the banister of the staircase into like 
vines that fall away and then expose Black Sabbath to sunlight. And I yeah, don't like is, that. Which is really clever. And if I was more dedicated to this show, I would go, I would rewind back to see if that banister was there to begin with. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, yeah, because okay. when they first, like, tussle, uh, Giorno is on it. He's like... Because this is JoJo and everybody be dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so it's it's just like one of those things where somehow through sleight of hand he secretly. Oh wait, no, he just turned it into it. He didn't destroy it and then replace it. Right, right. I keep forgetting exactly how golden experience works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what's so hard to understand about it. He any object he punches transforms into any form of organic life he chooses. And also, if you attack that life, the re- damage is reflected back on your body. And also, if it's a living thing that you made from a part of another living thing, then it will try to return to it. I don't know. It's Ugh. just very easy, straightforward rules. And also, he can speed up your perception if he punches you. And also, if you punch something a lot, you can just make it age to death, which he'll do once. Yeah. But... <laughs> oh, God, we'll get to this later, but... Oh, Jesus Christ. Um... So yeah, so they, Giorno's like, okay, Koichi, I saved you, but we gotta like, you know, beat this guy quickly because the sun's about to set, and when that happens, we're gonna be screwed. And then Koichi, like, decides this is the best time to go like, why did you save me? Right. It's like, because he's not actually a bad guy. Yeah. Just maybe help him kill the dude you're, that's trying to murder you all before you make him go introspective. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so then he Giorno has a big speech about his dreams, and Koichi's like, okay, I guess I'll team up with you. Right. So Giorno's plan is to lure it into the shadow of a moped and then drive the moped away, and that'll force it into the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, couldn't... Couldn't the stand just follow the shadow of the moped as you're driving it? You'd think, especially given what it's about to do. Yeah. Yeah, it it seems... Like, it's not like as soon as you start up the moped, the shadow suddenly goes away. Like, that's right. not how shadows work. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it's, that's almost immediately... You know, that plan almost immediately fails because, you know, he uses the shadows of flying crows to move himself over to the shadow of a tree that Giorno just crosses. Yeah. I saw, I saw that coming. This is a, I saw that episode in Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how many Naruto enemies have the equivalent of stand powers. I mean... Probably, probably a few. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, yeah. Well, they're not... But... Yeah, they don't manifest as stands, but uh, uh, but uh, they have summoning. A lot of them can summon monsters. Uh, yeah, I mean that one sand guy controls sand as if it is a stand. Basically. Well, yeah, right. and, well, yeah. In Naruto, what they have is they is certain characters have what's known as bloodline limit powers, uh, which can which basically can can only come. Which can be only be used by members of that members of that family. Uh, yeah. So if you have the star mark, <laughs> yes, they all have the star mark. They all have a right. different weird body part. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Or, or you can or you can sort of sometimes inherit powers by by uh, grafting body parts from somebody who has it. 
uh, which is how various people... Again! Like Dio! <laughs> yeah, which is how... Which is how various people get the Sharingan, for instance. Uh, oh god, I I do not like how much I'm realizing that Naruto is like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is that basically, like, every manga that came after JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has been, like, picking up, has been, like, stealing, has been stealing from it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, the Nan and Hunter x Hunter is basically like Hamon. <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's good, dude. Uh, Nen. <laughs> oh yeah, Nen can form. Nen forms stand-like creatures all the time. Right. Uh, oh boy. Uh, all right, we shouldn't go down this, this shonen rabbit hole. Yeah. We're gonna be here all day. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah. So in, in an attempt to try and save um. Jorno from certain doom, doom, Koichi activates Act 3's power to uh, specifically just make Black Sabbath's hands heavier. But unfortunately, right. that has the side effect of like making it so heavy that it's probably going to break Jorno's legs. Right. He's like, oh, I've got to call if it goes Act 3, and Jorno's just like, don't you dare stop breaking my legs. <laughs> Yeah, this is what this was my plan all along. <laughs> uh, because because of how heavy it is, it's also making cracks in the pavement, which Giorno reveals that he used those cracks in the pavements to punch the roof of a tree, and in a heretofore unseen power that Ex- Golden Experience has, uh-huh. he can he can make living things experience life at an increased speed. Yes. So the tree, which is the tree, opposite of how it worked on Bruno, who experienced life at a slower speed. <laughs> so really, Golden Experience can just do whatever the hell it wants. Yeah, uh-huh. as long no as rules. as long as it's vaguely related to biology, Golden Experience can do it. Pretty much. This is, this is the power of, uh, of a JoJo infused with a vampire. Don't give a fuck powers. <laughs> right. Listen, he's, he's got the power of the Joestar bloodline and Dio the vampire. He's got a lot that's, of things going for him. That's true. Like Dio as a vampire could do a lot of things that traditionally vampires could not do. <laughs> right. So. Man, what know. if Jorno could use the the space ripper stingy eyes? <laughs> Oh, I forgot that he could do... I forgot that he had laser eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is, what power did you it's... inherit from Dio? The power to do whatever with life, I feel like. <laughs> oh, man. It's been so long since I've, I've watched Phantom Blood that I forgot there was a scene that where Geo base... Where Dio... Sorry, not Geo. Where Dio, like, essentially opens his pupils to shoot out his blood like lasers from his eyes. Yes, yes, that's the thing that happened. Also, remember when he made that weird dog and then immediately just like killed it? Yeah, because it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have made this. Yeah, so I guess you know what? That's true. I guess that proves that yeah, Jorno can make life that doesn't exist on Earth because yeah. his dad could. Also, one of the vampires Dio made, his head was just a bunch of snakes. Yeah, and they were the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> and he could just freeze people. Yeah, well, he had ultimate control over his body, which meant he could lower his temperature so much that anything that touched him flash froze. Yeah. He could just turn his body into a superconductor. Yeah, so, I mean, now, so yeah, now that we put it in the context of Geo has Dio's blood, it kind of makes more sense that he can just do whatever he wants with biology. 
Yeah. Uh, well, that what a good show. <laughs> I'm glad we. I'm glad we have justified everything that happens in this episode. Glad we've come it to makes, the conclusion that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's definitely internally consistent. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, uh, Black Sabbath melts. <laughs> Hooray! Yeah. Yay! Uh, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and so then, then uh, you know, uh, like uh, uh, Geo starts wondering, like, am I even going to be able to join the gang now? Because <laughs> you know, I just defeated the enemy stand controlled by the guy who clearly wanted to murder me. <laughs> Right. Uh, and Koichi's like, like, nah, don't worry about it. He doesn't even know. <laughs> yeah, Koichi's like, it's fine. He's a, It's a long-distance stand. And that means that, you know, he probably doesn't even know what just happened. Because as we all know, that, again, things, stands always work exactly how you expect them to. <laughs> Question. Did this happen yeah, at all that? previously? <laughs> yeah, with a sheer heart attack from part four. But did they ever destroy it? They never killed it, right? No, that's true. They never killed oh. it. Well, I, yeah, but I think the lighter is also part of the stand, so they haven't oh, killed it either. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that would make sense. Yeah, the lighter would have to be part of the stand. Yeah. Uh, so unless they crush the lighter. Right. But yeah, Koji's like, nah, it's fine. He probably just felt his hands get a little heavier for no reason. He probably doesn't know what the fuck that's about. <laughs> right, yeah. Although, you know... <laughs> I don't know why Koichi thinks that, considering he almost died when Kira noticed his hands getting heavier. Yeah, Koichi is weirdly confident for <laughs> yeah. considering. But I suppose it's not like they have much much of a choice otherwise. Um, I mean, it's been two years. Maybe he's gone on a lot of, like, uh, Speedwagon Foundation missions in that time. Yeah, God. I guess so. It's like, look, I've look, I've encountered, a, you know, ba- like, based... I've encountered a lot of, you know, stand photoshops in my time. Yeah. I can tell by the pixels that this is a long-distance stand. Um, <laughs> it's so weird to think of Koichi going on random adventures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this child yes! is being... St- <laughs> groomed by the speed wagon. He's older than Jono. <laughs> <laughs> Stop reminding me of that. Giorno is only 15 years old. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, so Giorno goes back to meet Polpo, and Polpo is, like, eating himself out of a, like, pizza cocoon. Yeah, it's not quite... If I remember right in the manga, it looks again like the room is empty, but then one of the walls starts shifting because it's the underside of a pizza. Yeah, he's... uh, Polpo is eating pizza in a way that no human being has ever eaten a pizza before. He slurps it up like a spaghetti. Yeah. It really makes me how wonder how doughy that pizza is. How undercooked is that pizza? Right. Polpo, what was uh, your life before this? <laughs> Were you this person before? Were you just this person, like, as a kid? Just eating pizza? Anybody who... Sorry. Yeah, anybody who made a pizza like that would have been shocked. <laughs> yeah, I like, Polpo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, yeah, what has Polpo always been weird job of the yeah. Uh But yeah, anyway, so Polpo, Polpo talks more about trust and stuff. He's like, you know, congratulations. You know, he talks about like, 
Um, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I prefer like to talk to people, but I also feel that there, you know, God can even forgive murder. Right. He says like, this may go against the teachings of God, but I believe the worst thing on earth is to be insulted. And that if you're insulted, even murder is forgivable. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, anyway, so here's, here's, have the pin that means you remember my organization now. Good job. Yeah. Uh, and so he goes to take, Jorno goes to take the pin and, uh, you like catch a brief sequence of like Jorno going to reach out and then like a stand hand, like a disembodied golden experience hand, like going out, you know, right. toward the mini fridge. And you're like, what's that about? Uh-huh. And then like... As him and Bruno are just walking away to go beat the rest of the gang, Giorno's monologue about how, like, if if any insult justifies murder, you insulted that old man by murdering him. So I turned your gun into a banana. This <laughs> this sequence where, like, you slowly realize, like, when you hear the click on the banana. <laughs> Yeah, like, and yeah, you, so he, he goes to get a banana and, out, he peels it, and it, like, you hear a gun cocking, and he's like, wait, what? Oh, well. Yeah, <laughs> and he goes to and, take a bite out of the banana, and it turns into a gun in his hand, and the fi- the trigger's already pulled by his yep. thumb. <laughs> yeah, so, the moment I heard the gun cock noise when he peeled the banana, and I truly understand what item he replaced because i knew he replaced an item i just wasn't sure what right when that happened i was like that is the coolest shit that a jojo protagonist has ever done (laughs) this was the moment when i was reading the manga where like okay i'm all in on part five (laughs) yeah i'm like giorno i love you it's it's kind of yeah it's like well it's one of those things that you really don't want to think too hard about i mean yeah because i mean it is cool but the, the thing is it's like Okay, how would how would Giorno know, right? Like where the trigger, where the uh, like that uh, that Pulpo would handle the banana in exactly that manner, so that uh, yeah, he could put the trigger there. You know, yeah, well, and no. also like which banana, <laughs> like right, which banana? I... Like how does he know when to turn it back into a gun? There's nothing about this that makes sense, but it's fucking cool. So who well, cares? No, he figured that yeah. uh, he figured that Pulpo would eat. It would eat that banana. I mean, he, he was going to get to that banana eventually. Yeah. That's not a problem. Yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose it would be logical to assume that he'd eat all the bananas, so it wouldn't really. Yeah, eventually. But then it's a question of like, as far as we know, he has to like actively release something to turn it back to normal. And like, how does he know the right time to make Pulpo shoot himself? Yeah, this, at cares. this point, That's he's just like writing scripts into the things he's put. Okay, if banana. <laughs> <laughs> Unpeeled cock gun. If right. bitten, yeah, he, he learned yeah. if bread then bite, and now he's getting more sophisticated with it. Yeah, I, I I think that Araki just loved the idea of writing a gun cocking onomatopoeia on a peeled peeled banana so much that he just didn't give a shit whether right. it made sense. And I don't either. And like, yeah, to be fair, I don't less, care. Less. Right, it doesn't make any sense if you stop to think about it. But while you're watching it, it's incredible. Yeah, it's extremely good. Um, yeah, and then, like, uh, Koichi phones home and tells Jotaro, like, hey, I just want you to know that, like, I think, I don't think we really have to worry about Jorno. 
Like, he's a good dude. He seems, like, a lot like previous JoJo's that we have known. Yeah, and, uh, like, he's gonna tell him about the bow and arrow, but Jorno convinces him to keep it a secret so that his plans don't get interrupted. Yeah, um... So, yeah, so now that he's got the pin, it's time to meet Bruno's other buddies. Right, and we're just gonna 2 be continuing our shot of all of them at a restaurant. And nothing weird's gonna happen there. I got there. so yeah, psyched, no. and I was so not prepared for the next episode. <laughs> See, I was super psyched because I was exactly prepared for the next episode. <laughs> episode five is it's wild. a lot. Like, this is Bruno... the scene when they finally announced they were doing this. I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna have to animate that scene. <laughs> Bruno, Bruno's friends. He has uh-huh. some weird friends. I. Like there, this this, I feel like this episode is is again like continuing adventures of Araki experimenting with impossible hairstyles. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Particularly with the guy who has the neon green hair, which I'm not really sure what's going on with that. Uh huh. <laughs> exactly. Um. But yeah, so like we meet, we meet Bruno's friends in a in a cat in a, like a restaurant and. Yeah. Each of them looks like they could be a shonen protagonist in a completely like each of them in completely different shonen genres. Yeah. And like one of them just straight up has like the Yami Yugi hairstyle. <laughs> I guess before that though, we get two guys we haven't met in a car talking about how, huh, did you hear that Pulpo shot himself in his jail cell? That's weird. Uh and like talking about how Pulpo had, like, a huge fortune buried away somewhere, and if anyone could find it, they could have it, or they could give it to the gang and use that to get, like, a status upgrade. Yeah, would clearly clearly setting up the idea of what Giorno is probably going to do. Right. It's like, he's got to make it to the top so he can be the gang star. Right, right. Um, yeah, so we may... I think at that point, like, the neon green guy just suddenly disappears from the car. Right, and just leaves him to, like, just careen through the street by himself. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, then we meet Bruno's friends. Right. Um, and one of them is helping a dude with math. Yeah. Uh, and the other guy gets really mad about strawberry cake oh yeah some boy mister no, hmm. i don't want to i don't i don't want to answer for this but when you start going on about number four i'm like we got a real polar app on the table here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no well, that's that's the thing is that that's actually <clears throat> yeah that's actually a japanese pun okay. oh right because four uh, has the same it's a conjugate the the one of the words for four is this is a conjugation for death. It's right, it's like four is an unlucky number the way that thirteen is an unlucky number in America. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he refuses and... to take. Uh, he's giving this huge monologue about how he refuses <clears throat> to take from four cheap pieces of cake. Meanwhile, I think it's a Dachio is his name. Just gets up and grabs one in the background. Yeah. Yeah, because Adachi don't give a shit. Yeah. I love when the waiter serves it to him, Mr. is like, what the hell is this? And so he goes, it's strawberry cake. He goes, 
Yeah, I know. It's clearly not chocolate cake or cheesecake, but there's four of them. Yeah. And his friends and Yami Yugi is all like, so? <laughs> yeah. There's literally four of us at this table. <laughs> Help. Right. Yeah, so uh, Fugo is the is the guy with the ridiculous green clothes. And he's teaching Narancia math. And he's like, all right, here, it's 16 times 55. What's 5 times 6 to start? And he's like, uh, uh, 30. Okay, yeah. Good, good, good. Keep going. And he comes up with an answer like 27 or something. It, it, it's, it's 28. Yeah. 28. Uh, at that scene right now. And Fugo takes like, a fork and stabs him in the face. <laughs> yeah, Fugo gets so mad, he stabs him. <laughs> Which, I mean... At this point, like, stabbing someone in the face and then slamming their head down on a table is like like slapping someone's wrist in the Joker's right. universe. Like, it's only serious damage if you're literally literally melting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At this point. like Right. Yeah, so they're at each other's throats, and then Bruno shows up and is like, Yo, fucking chill out, idiots. <laughs> I can't leave you two alone. I can't leave you four alone for, like, a second. Yeah, I've, I brought a new guy with us. Like, behave. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So they introduce he introduces Giorno Giovanna. Uh, you know, and explains he's going to be the new member of their gang to replace. I guess Leaky Eyed Luca was with all of them, right? Mate, yeah, I, I think so. That's that's my impression that he's here to replace Luca. Yeah, because, like, initially, like, he, uh... Yeah, because Bruno went after Giorno because Luca died. Right. Which means that of this group, Luca was the only one that kept the lighter lit the whole time, because he didn't have a stand. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Which, I'm not entirely sure how he managed that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. He seemed serious enough. He seemed pretty serious. Sure. He could have figured it out. He just beat the guards to death with a shovel. Also, did... Yeah, I was gonna say, did he have to leave his shovel behind, or? <laughs> but yeah, anyway, but, uh, uh, yeah. so they decided to do a hazing ritual, where, what's his name, the goth boy? Uh, that's I think it's Adachio. Yeah, so Adachio just straight up like pisses into a teapot. Oh, it's Abachio. Sorry, Abachio. Whatever. Yeah, so yeah. he pees into a teapot, and it's uh-huh. like. Hey, here, here, buddy, Jorno. I made some tea for you. Wild stuff. Yeah, and and like Bruno gets called away to talk to. He's got a phone call, and uh, so Jorno just sips this, uh, like sniffs this teacup, and realizes that it's pee. Yeah, because how could you not notice? Mm-hmm. Like... Right. And Abachi was just like, "Hey, I poured it for you. Are you gonna be rude and not drink it?" That's it. I, I will say the color of this piss tea, this pee tea, makes me very concerned about. Abachu needs to drink more water. Boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is some unsettlingly yellow green piss right there. Like, yeah, yeah. Got to drink more water. Got to stay hydrated, man. Who boy? Um, I suspect, yeah, so. I suspect that with the. Uh, that uh, it mixed with uh, the tea that was already in the pot. That's possible. That, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that yeah, that's the only explanation that doesn't make me extremely concerned for this boy's health. <laughs> right. Listen, um, you can't just drink wine and coffee all day. Come on. Yeah. 
Uh, but Jorno's just like, yep, you're right. Anyway, slurp, and just I'm... knocks the whole cup back. Before he does that, though, I do want to mention there is a great freeze frame of Jorno's face where he... I feel like I need to make this the album art for the next episode because <laughs> he gives this look that's just straight up like, you've got to be shitting me. <laughs> right, right. And it's perfect. Uh, yeah, and and everyone's shocked that he drank it. Um, yeah, everyone and, is amazed. And what he doesn't reveal to them is that he made one of his teeth into a jellyfish <laughs> that sucked up all the piss. <laughs> Perfect sense. Of course. What else would he it's do? Incredible. What else would he do? Of course. I Good. I do not. I am. I am think. I'm just trying to imagine what that would feel like for one of my teeth to turn into a jellyfish. And I again, I do not like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. A. What are your teeth turning into a jellyfish? It's still like in your gum. That's not going to be great. Two, no. it sucks up a teacup's worth of piss. Think how heavy it must be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, what happens to the piss when you turn it back into a tooth? Yeah, uh, like, does he turn it back with the piss inside, or does he excuse himself to go, sco- like, wring his tooth out in the bathroom? Also, did he turn yeah, multiple like, teeth into a jellyfish? I was wondering, actually, that's the thing. It's like, for the rest of the episode, I was wondering, it's like, Okay, now how does he get the piss out of his mouth? <laughs> where, where does the piss go? Where does the does piss he just go? have a piss tooth for the rest of the series? It's canon. It's, it's, uh, it's like, he just keeps it as like one of those, you know, arsenic teeth that spies have, where it's like, right. if, if ever he does, if ever he's about to be interrogated and he just wants to commit suicide, he can just crush his piss tooth. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible also, if in like the finale of his show when like the bad guy is triumphant he's standing over Jorno. Jorno just cracks his tooth open and piss shoots out and like blinds him and then that's how he wins also also like when he does the close-up of the jellyfish tooth like that's a real wide jellyfish like yeah Jorno turn multiple teeth in, no, he says it changed one of his teeth. Yeah, so does Jorno just have like an extremely big like front incisor? Like no, yeah. no, because is, uh, no, is because uh, gold experience does not obey conservation of mass. Uh, right. He can actually change the. He can. He doesn't <laughs> because he okay. But changed, what? It, he, well, what happened to the other teeth in the way though? Sizes things that he's uh, transformed. Yeah. Did, did he just shift the other teeth to the left then? You know, I feel like it's, the, it's probably best not to think about just, it too or hard. Or does he just have, like, one big-ass tooth? Yeah. I just... So, my, I have more social questions. Um, <laughs> like, for the group... How do they not like, notice this, that one of his teeth is a jellyfish? <laughs> like, for the group, if you see this man drink piss, are you like... This is a cool dude. <laughs> like, is that? Because I, I feel that's kind of their response. They're like, "Man, this guy is sick." No, he's... <laughs> this dude's badass. He just drank a whole teacup full of piss. I think, based on like the dialogue that's like sort of in the background as Bucciarati is like monologuing about what an incredibly charismatic man Giorno Giovanni uh-huh. is, that uh, I, it sounds like they think that he has a stand and somehow did something okay. with it to make the piss disappear? It turned piss into wine, maybe. <laughs> right. Okay, alright. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, He's like, oh, wow, did you use your stand to do that? And Jordan's just like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah Maybe I just slipped some... all the piss. <laughs> You'll yeah. never tell. I'll never tell. <laughs> I'll never tell. Maybe I just have a fetish and you didn't realize yeah. it. <laughs> that was my part of my plan the whole time. I wanted to drink <laughs> I was hoping you'd give me this. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, oh god. I think Narantia is in love with Jordo now. He <laughs> he probably just doesn't want to admit that, like, because they're probably thinking like, oh, he just transmuted the piss or like teleported the piss. Right. He probably just didn't want to admit that his stand power is way weirder than that. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but God, there's uh, so many implications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is some good character work, <laughs> right? Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a lot of things you can glean about all these characters just from the one act of Giorno gulping down piss. <laughs> yeah, uh, <sighs> but uh, Butrai tells them that they need to go. And they go outside, and, like, every person on the street is like, Hey, Butcherati, we love you! Yeah, hold up. Uh, before we go on, I just want to, like, as I'm skimming through this, I just I just got to a scene where it has a good, like, a full view of Fugo's outfit. I had somehow blocked from my mind that there were just random holes cut out of his outfit, and also, he has a tie with strawberries on it. Fugo has the most ridiculous outfit of any of them, and that is I, saying yeah. something. <laughs> I don't... How does this boy dress himself? How does that shirt, like, maintain the shape of a shirt on him? I... Did he, does he just have, like, a... Did he just have, like, a moth infection infestation and went with it anyway? Or right. did he intentionally cut holes in his shirt? <laughs> Also, is he wearing two layers? Because there's green, and then also, like, you can see sort of black, different, slightly differently shaped holes beneath it. So did he, like, also have black under armor that he cut in the exact same way as the shirt? I think that might just be really heavy shadowing, like this season uses. Uh, I, I never understand what is shadowing and what actually exists. That's fair. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta keep in mind. Okay, Iraqi is basically it's like he's like influenced by like really out there fashion designers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, extremely <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so he's like, so he's like bringing that he's bringing that kind of mindset into the way he draws his costumes. It's though it's what's interesting is that like. I think all of these boys, maybe except for the goth one, have uh, clothing that explicitly reveals some or all of their chests. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That is like the one like main theme between all of these outfits is these boys got abs. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's see that's see that's one of the reasons why uh, that's one of the reasons why Bucciarati accepted Giorno so readily because <laughs> right. Because of its like, tit window. You, you also like, have my outfit. ab window. That outfit. With that outfit, you are definitely one of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have yeah, found I'm my fashion talking outfits. We need to talk about, like, Mista's weird fucking Atlantean soldier helmet. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is... Well, he looks a, like an a... extra from an Aquaman comic. <laughs> yeah, like one of the ones from, like, the Silver Age of comics that everyone has collectively decided to forget about, mm-hmm. ever right. existed. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what is going on with that dude's cap. Um, yeah, me neither. <laughs> also, I just realized that... So we've got Yami Yugi and, like, also Goth Boy... His haircut is essentially Pegasus. So we yeah. have two of the major characters. Which one are you calling Yami Yugi? Fugo? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's not quite... It doesn't stick up. He's got the front part, definitely. Yeah, it, it's it's only partially Yami Yugi. But... Yeah, yeah. Let's see. So actually, this cut, this this arc... Let's see. This arc came uh, was running in the, the uh, late 90s, I think. I think that's right. So this would have been around the same time that Yu-Gi-Oh! was serialized in Shonen Jump. Oh, you know what? Not wrong. That's perfect. (laughs) I like the idea of Araki seeing Yami Yugi and, well, I guess specifically like the Pharaoh, um, whatever his name is, and Pegasus and going, I can make this more gay yeah. <laughs> and also uh, weird <laughs> well no this one went from 95 to 99 so no it, it predates Yu-Gi-Oh by a good bit oh okay uh you no Yu-Gi-Oh started serialized uh I think Yu-Gi-Oh started serialization uh earlier than uh in like 94 the Yu-Gi-Oh manga started in 96 okay oh. yeah so yeah it started a little earlier than I realized yeah, yeah so it's, they're roughly contemporary with each other. It was just, it was yeah. just the fashion at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it's just... Yeah, so like, clearly it was coincidence because Yu-Gi-Oh! started just late, en- late enough that it probably... He probably would have introduced, you know, these... Araki would have introduced these characters before Yu-Gi-Oh! even started. Or we're looking but at like, it backwards and Yu-Gi was based on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, God, maybe. <laughs> I mean, everything... I guess, like... By that, we have revealed that everything is based on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which in turn right. was based on Fist of the North Star. So yeah, yeah, except for Part Four, which is based on Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's the thing. Anyway. Each each arc, each arc of JoJo is based on a different thing. Right. Like Ventorio is kind of based on mobster movies, sort of. Vaguely, like yeah, it started like, there and then just went off in its own direction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because like, yeah, Diamond is Unbreakable is is like based off uh, based off of Twin Peaks, and you know, I, as I mentioned, like Stardust Crusaders is 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 basically a road movie. Yeah, it's around the yeah, world in eighty days. It's, yeah, it's and it gets pretty yeah. Indiana Jones at points. Yeah, well. there's some of that too. Well. Yeah, Battle Tendency is, well, more Indiana Jones, actually. Yeah, they, they both have a little bit of it, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, well, Fan of Blood is a horror movie. And then... Yeah, Fan of Blood is, is basically fucking... like, what if Bram Stoker just did a lot of weed? Yeah, Fan <laughs> like... of Blood is just Castlevania. <laughs> okay, yeah. I guess, I guess, well... Actually, when did Castlevania can't come out? When did that first happen? It would have been around the same time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want the Netflix series, even though that's amazing. I need yeah. the actual Castlevania. I think uh, Castlevania first one came NES out eighty six. So eight, very first Castlevania was eighty six. Was was um, Phantom Blood 
87. There you go. Oh god, Rocky, that is that is. Rocky went to how... Italy, came back, played a lot of Castlevania, and read a lot of Fist of the North Star, and then he made Phantom Blood. If you want to be an anime scholar, <laughs> I feel kind of you could like go through the history of anime just with JoJo's. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, you probably could. That, yeah, that really makes me wish that Dracula and Castlevania went in a very JoJo's <laughs> direction, though. Like, right? <laughs> what if Alucard could shoot laser eyes? Yeah. And then for Stone Ocean, he saw a glimpse into the future and made an arc based on Orange is the New Black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, anyway, so the JoJo gang decides to uh, go after the the Pulpo's treasure. And to do that, they need to get a boat. And well, as we yeah. all know, nothing bad has ever happened to a JoJo character on a boat. Boats are always fine. Ever. Boats are safe, Menacing. completely. You know, and that's the thing. And Mister and Mister was so careful. He's so careful. He he careful. He insisted they don't take boat number four. Right. Yeah, we and, can't take boat four. It's bad omen. It'll fall apart immediately. You know. Yeah. So yeah, they get like boat one or something. Yeah. And uh, head out on the sea. Narancia like bought a bunch of snacks and also a boombox. Yeah, which. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we get like a bit where, like Mist is trying to read, and Narancy is listening to his music real loud next to him. Mist asks him for like a sprite, literally a sprite. The the weird thing is, is that he's listening to loud music, but then like when he tells him when he's trying to talk to him, um, when like Aqualad tries to talk to him, <laughs> he uh. Like, he takes off his headphones, and suddenly the music gets quieter. Yeah, you're right. Hold on, he's got headphones on. Why? And it's not like it's not like the sort of ones that just rest on your ear. They are over-the-ear headphones. Right. So, and again, like, the music gets quieter when he takes the headphones off. Yeah. Well, that might be, you know, we're listening. The, the sound design is coming from, uh, you know, Neurontia's perspective. Maybe. Also, yeah, uh, Mister is reading a magazine called Transcendy. <laughs> but yeah, he I, uses this, I, he just pours all the sprite on the boombox to short it out. I really, I really want to know what magazines exist within JoJo. <laughs> I really want to know what the Vogue equivalent is in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Right when normal people dress like this, what are like the fashionable yeah, people what do you, doing? Like. Do fashion models just like sti- just like stick live animals to themselves? Like, right. I've made a dress entirely uh, of gerbils. Oh, that's the, that's the thing, though. There's there's almost certainly some JoJo character somewhere that's that, right? Probably. <laughs> I mean, in Stone Ocean, there's literally a stand a, per- a stand user that's algae, right? Like, uh, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, the stand is algae. Okay. That's Yo-Yo Ma. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, no, you're talking about Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. I haven't read it yet. I'm right, yeah, no, Foo Fighters is a colony of plankton about. that infests uh, a corpse and animates it. Yeah, so, I mean, there's weirder shit. Yeah, and then Yo-Yo Ma is a big, weird swamp monster with overalls. Oh, so... So, like, Texas Swamp thing. Right, yeah. Stone Ocean is set in Florida, so there's a lot of swamps. 
God bless Araki for uh, his choices please, and locations. Please, <laughs> is, is, please tell me there is either a stand or stand user that looks like the gator from, like, Knuckles Chaotix. Uh, no, but there is a stand based on Disney World. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. So as far as that, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I know you were joking with that Orange is the New Black future thing, but the thing is, right. is that uh, even prior to Orange is the New Black, there was a whole genre, a whole subgenre of women's prison movies. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That, yeah, there's, Luke was making what we in the business call a joke. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that, but... No, I just couldn't pull, I, that's the only like name of a women's prison thing that I could think of, so I had to... <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's, uh, so now, once they're out, fully out to see, Bruno talks about, like, what they're actually doing out there, and talks right. about, like, you know, yeah, they're trying to get the treasure, and then suddenly, uh, BDSM boy, um, I will <laughs> oh, never no, remember that, these people's that, names. Who? Ah, you will eventually, they all get spotlight <laughs> episodes. that, because this is JoJo, there could be a couple of people. Yeah, that, that's, uh, oh. Neurancia. The one with literally a black leather-like strap okay, outfit. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leather daddy. Uh, uh, suddenly, like, gets dragged down, like, right. the sink okay. in the boat. Right, yeah. okay, so, I, I, I see, I, I think I've got these guys straight, mm-hmm. okay. Right, so there's a box. Well, none of them are straight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fair enough, but... No, what I mean is, yes, I, I think I've clarified things here, in, at least in my own mind, uh, which yeah. is, yeah, there's Abakio, he's like yep. the, 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 he's the guy who pissed in the tea, uh, there's, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's Nissa with the weird, with the weird cap, right, uh, with, and the superstitious, and the superstition about the number four, um, right. there's, uh, yeah, there's Fugo, uh, and there's Neurancia. Yes. All right. I will pro- It'll take me a while, and I yeah. still just kind of want to call that dude Pegasus. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw him in the opening, so, I was for sure that's like their main villain. <laughs> I was like, this is the arc villain. <laughs> he seems. He yeah. Seems no. Pegasus. He, he's. Oh no! Wait till you see what the main villain looks like this time. Uh, he, he's not evil. He's just goth. <laughs> uh. So yeah, like he gets just gets sucked down the drain, and all that remains of him is is, is and all that mara- remains of Neurancia is his shoe. Yeah, and they're like, "That's impossible." It's like all y'all are stand users, right? And they start searching the boat, and like this dumb film grain effect comes up. Yeah, and like for some reason, well, I guess it makes sense if he really is Aqualad. His first instinct would be to jump into the sea randomly. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna commune with fish right as they're searching the boat everyone is slowly disappearing yeah like mista jumps down into the water presumably because he probably thinks he went overboard or something and then fugo just sees like the um like uh, uh, the safety tube that uh mista took overboard with him just rolling across the deck and yeah. yeah, then suddenly there's a weird film grain for no reason. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the remaining three are just kind of, like, standing with their backs to each other, talking about, like, oh, shit, what's going on? Clearly the stand user snuck onto the boat and is now, like, trying to kill all of you off. 
and you know torture me for the information on Pulpo's fortune. Yeah, I, I kept hoping that like much like in Stardust Crusaders, the boat would be the stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Jorno explains that, like, no, everyone's still alive. I turned, uh, like, what was it? Like, Narasia's shoe into a fly, like I did with Bruno. And it is, like, hovering around where he disappeared, trying to return to him. Which means. I like how they all just accept that as if he had explained to them what his stand does by right. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Bruno would know. They'd just be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Well, which. <laughs> Which makes a which makes uh, Abacho's attitude actually kind of uh, actually understandable. Oh sure, yeah. So uh, yeah, Butcherot is like, hey, Abacho, your ability could tell us what happened to them, but oh, he wait, won't use on. it because he doesn't want to show Jorno his stand. I, I'm sorry, I I forgot about this part. So where where they're like all freaking out about two of their people going missing and talking about amongst themselves. Like Bruno is doing this long ass monologue, as the camera is just rapidly spinning around them constantly. Yes, <laughs> and like if it were you know a shorter line, it would make sense. Right, but. They are talking for a long time, and the camera just keeps spinning. <laughs> yeah, it's it does. The goofiest shot. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like I said, uh, Gold Experience does not <laughs> does not believe in conservation of mass. I mean, right. Which is why, uh, you know, he was able to turn a shoe into a fly. Yeah. Yeah. So because uh, Abaccio won't show Jorno his stand, Jorno decides to trust him to solve the mystery and just dives into the hole where everyone's disappearing. Yeah, and he gets like uh, stabbed by yeah. a tentacle. Yeah. Like a no, no, it's not a tentacle. It's like a. Yeah, it's uh. Hold on, let me let me see that. It's. I th I thought I saw a tentacle at some point. Oh no, it is. Okay, no, it's um. It's a spiked fist that also has a rapier or something. Um, yeah. And the spikes are very reminiscent of. Um, the neon hair dude's like armor. Yeah, yeah. When we when we saw him, or I assume it's armor. It could just be like normal clothing because who the hell knows? Right. This show. Uh, but yeah, it's it seems like it's pretty blatantly going to be that dude's power because why else would you introduce him in this same episode? Right. But yeah, he's got he's got whatever the stand is. It's got the Luffy rubber arms. Yeah. Uh, and then it stabs Giorno, and then it kind of looks like Giorno starts having, like, the liquid sucked out of him, because oh, yeah. his uh -huh. cheeks go, like, really... They they really start sucking in. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Pegasus goes Super Saiyan. Right, and summons his stand. Let me ask you, what do you think the answer to this mystery is? Because you're wrong. <laughs> I'm not even uh... going to try and guess, because... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like it, it seems like this stand user can transform it can like like suck all the insides out of a person to make uh -huh. them like super flexible and thin, which is how like which is what's happening to Jorno right now and why um uh Leather Boy went down the drain so easily. Right. Um, I'm not sure about, uh, I'm not sure about Abaccio's power, but the design of the stand makes it looks like 
the eyes are kind of like control knobs and it's his forehead has like a digital display so maybe he can like rewind shit so mm. he can re like instant replay what just happened to view things from different angles okay okay yeah i was gonna go <laughs> with uh the thing is uh like a flattener kind of thing like i think it's not too different from justice but like it'll yeah like, flatten or you lay to fold up someone's body um right no fucking no idea yeah. what <laughs> yeah yeah my guess was my my original guess was that the enemy stand would like like basically suck them into some kind of dimension or something. Sure, sure. Well, I guess we'll I see. Yeah, I, I can't wait for all of us to be completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no this this series of episodes was wild. Yeah. What a oh, good TV man. show. It's it, it's extremely good. Um, anyway, it's it's getting it's getting close to bedtime for me. Yeah. Um, thank you all for joining for joining me again for this wonderful wonderful yeah. thing that we're all experiencing together. Yeah. yeah. My lasagna is getting cold now. Anyway, oh, no. so yeah. Uh, without further ado, um, we'll go through the cast. Let let y'all know where you can follow us. Uh, I am on Twitter at Stilts the GM. I am at Death Slinky. I am at Sirius Tiberius. Uh, I am at SSJ Speed Racer. And just real quick, I don't think I plugged it on here yet because we were kind of on a break when this started. Uh, if you like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, on Saturday nights at 9 o'clock Central, uh, I GM a game on our YouTube channel uh, that is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Inspired. So check that out. You can go to bit.ly slash silverpines for that. Isn't like isn't it like a sort of cross between JoJo and Persona, which I realize is kind of redundant. Right, which Persona. is to say it's just based on Diamond is Unbreakable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, we uh, all the stands have TV show names instead of song titles. Uh, they just uh, fought the prisoner last week, so <laughs> it's a good time, man. Yeah, so go watch that. Uh, and also remember, everybody, stay horny. <laughs> Uh, <sighs> good night, night everybody. everybody. Good night. Good night.